Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented Cat. That's C-A-T, raising the bar. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, and all your premier podcast platforms. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Our two towns we're shouting out are there in the Midwest. One is Chester, Illinois. Chester, if you go to Chester, you find a certain uh, cartoon character that's all around there. It's called Popeye. Chester is the hometown of Popeye's creator, E.C. Seeger. Community, you go there, there's fun cans of spinach collectibles. Great place if you're a Popeye fan. Arr. Our other town is Clayton, Missouri. Um, Clayton's a little town outside of St. Louis. It's uh, the home of uh, the St. Louis Zoo, home to 18,000 animals. Giving y'all a big round of applause. All right. Alcohol is never far from the back porch. To me, happiness is a rare steak a good bottle of bourbon, and a dog to eat the rare steak. Today I'm going old school, my first love, the 7 and 7, any kind of bourbon and 7 up. It's a good mix, good starter for you rookies. Cat, what you got? Um, This particular drink came across my Instagram today, and I thought I would bring it. It's called World Peace. It's a gin drink with a little blueness to it. It's uh, considering the state of the world between... Uh, Israel and Ukraine think we all could need some. Ooh, it looks pretty cool. It is cool. All right, today we're going to explore the world of UFC. That's right, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, it's been around since 1993. That's 30 years of human cockfighting. UFC, it started out as a contest to see which martial art discipline would be most effective in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And the UFC quickly turned it into, let's make some money by dudes pounding each other in the face. Sad to say women got involved in this shit in 2012. There are 12 divisions of this garbage. There's eight men's divisions and four women. Um... The UFC it claims to call this contest Mixed Martial Arts. And I've yet to see any art to it. You know, look, we're not scared of blood here on the back porch. You know, if you listen to any of it podcast in the past, you know, we love competition. You know, we've had broken bones, stitches. Back in the day, I competed on the playground. Okay, Me and the wifey back in the day used to watch boxing. Okay, What happened to the sweet science? That disappeared um, because of criminals associated with boxing through the years. Um, finally put that sport in the coffin. So we're left with uh, the UFC. I don't know how much longer. We'll see. Um, you know, what, why do I think the UFC is going to slowly dissipate. I, I don't know. Maybe because the youth in this country 
today, they don't give two shits about sports. Okay. But where I am wrong about the UFC, very smart, they took it global. Okay, the human cockfighting, it's, it's very popular in Europe, Asia, Australia. Probably because these countries, they don't have any professional, I mean, very few professional sports. Maybe a little basketball, but they don't have, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, none of that. So I guess when the UFC comes to town, you know, everybody buys a ticket. Now, let's look at the octagon. Okay. Why is this thing caged in? It does give the appearance of two animals going at it, doesn't it? I mean, there's no escape. Fight to the death. And actually, when the UFC started, some of the participants actually got physically damaged for good. Um, Well, I mean, for bad. I mean, when it started... There basically were no rules. Very barbaric. I've tried to watch it. I can't. Um, Two grown human beings leg-locking each other, trying to pound the shit out of each other in the face until one taps out. It's just not my bag. You know, again, not scared of blood, but the UFC, is it's it's like trash. It's just, I, I don't know what else to call it. You know, here's a question. What's worse, the competitors or the people watching it? Okay. Let's let the UFC fan take an IQ test. I, I don't know if you can score zero, but they probably could. And the popularity of the UFC, it is very popular. It took many years. In the beginning, there was like 36 states that kind of that banned it. Banned, uh, I guess you call it no holes barred fighting. They, I mean, they didn't even have gloves on at the beginning. Um, just kind of caveman shit. And then they started implementing rules. Oh my God, we got rules. Listen carefully now. The UFC fighters had to start wearing gloves. No more bare knuckles. No more kicking your opponent in the head when he's down. Limitations on hair pulling. So imagine what was going on in the early years. Listen to the rules. Okay. Um, No more punches to the back of the neck and no more punches to the back of the head. Now, here's a good one. No headbutting. And the most important rule of all, no more shots to the private area. Okay. That's definitely a way to take a man down anyway. But that's when the UFC kind of went legit, I guess, when no one was allowed to attack each other's private parts. Well, maybe there's a good reason for those rules. I mean, I looked into this brain health researcher there in Las Vegas, the home of Fightland, I guess you would call it. And he he did a study called the Professional fighter brain health study. And since 2011, he's examined nearly 400 pro fighters, 60% MMA, 40% boxers. And they all have some degree of neurological damage. Yes, several pounds to the head will fuck you up. Now, 
over the last few years, the I guess it, ESPN like shows the opening bouts. What do you call it? The warm up bands, yeah, the under, sh- undercard or whatever. Right, and the UFC over the last few years, they've been showing the uh, warm up acts, the opening bands on the rat hole called ESPN. You know, say it, say it's UFC six hundred and twelve. You know, they number these things. I don't know what number they're up to, but, you know, there's a pay-per-view, I guess. You know, Dana White, the scumbag that owns this thing, he might have sold it. I don't know. So Trumpy's buddy. So, you know, they kind of want to bring you in, right? They're going to show these matches at the beginning for free on ESPN, and then when we get to the big names... All of a sudden, it gets snatched, and you got to go to channel six ninety seven or something and pay one hundred and twenty two dollars to see these dudes uh, do whatever they do. Um, you know, in the beginning, they had some stars, I guess, of the show. Let's see, they had Ken Shamrock. Um, was that his Christian name, or just? I don't know <laughs> if he was Irish. He doesn't look Irish, and then. Let's Lucky see. bloke. Ken Shamrock, he did kind of put the thing on the map, and then he took a run at wrestling. Uh, Ken, he bowed down to Vince McMahon, kissed the ring, and totally humiliate, humiliated himself in the WW whatever. And, uh, you know, Vince is used to uh, using people. That's what he does. And Ken Shamrock was pretty much a horrible wrestler. And let's not, let's not forget uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah, we already forgot about her. You know, she finally lost a Uf- UFC match. And this was after she talked total shit. And then quickly she ran, ran to Vince McMahon and embarrassed herself. And most of the UFC fighters, they have a very short career. Um, many other UFC fighters, you know, passed their prom embarrass themselves and their family by continuing on. I think it was uh, Chuck Liddell who really put it on the map. Uh, This Tito Ortiz guy, they were big names for a while, had a run, and then, you know, kept on fighting. If you look at some of their matches later on, it's like they didn't even last like 40 seconds. They, They took the check took a shot to the head and then laid on the ground and cried what happened. I mean, when we were researching to do this podcast, I was sat there and tried to ask what's the longevity usually of an MMA fighter. And instead I would get the longevity of a fighter of, uh, um, UFC, uh, PlayStation game that, I mean, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me <laughs> any stats on that. I don't know. The scary Guess they don't want to that information out. I don't know. The scary thing that's happened during the UFC run is parents can put their kids in MMA training. That's a good idea. You know, I have no problem with kids playing competitive sports. You know, we did it. Our kids did it. But but how fucked up do you have to be to put your kid on the path of ending up in a cage? 
Okay, I mean, okay, what? <laughs> and what kid? Oh, Dad, that's so cool. I can beat that guy. Yeah, no. I can beat him up. What's up with the cage again? It, it does seem very animalistic. I think they got that from pro wrestling. I, I really do. The You're octagon, the cage, really? You can't get we out. didn't have to have four sides for an octagon. I mean, again, if you're into it, you're into it. I've tried it over and over again. Like I said, it's been on, been going for thirty years. Probably been on television for I don't know, fifteen or twenty, and I just. I don't understand the pull, but anyway, the UFC, they almost got it right by the letters, right? UFC, and again, it really stands for ultimate cockfighting. In 2023, we should be kind of moving forward, right? But this seems to be like a major step backwards, if you know what I mean. All right, let's roll right into one tough son of a bitch. I don't think this dude was a UFC fighter. No, I don't believe so. Rene Descartes? Descartes, no S, please. Rene Descartes. Born in 1596 from Touraine, France. Right, Touraine or Touraine. Kind of a rough upbringing. Uh, mom died when he was one, raised by his grandmother. At age 11, he was introduced to math physics, the works of Galileo, entered the military, saw action. Rene Descartes, he wanted life experiences of all kinds. He seeked knowledge, published, published several works concerning math and philosophy. Descartes um, had a priority at mind and argued that the mind could exist without the body, but the body could not exist without the mind. Here we go. In the world of mathematics, Descartes developed analytic geometry, which uses algebra to describe geometry. So Descartes is to blame uh, for freaking geometry. I hated that <laughs> shit. I couldn't figure out. I'm, I'm pretty good at math, geometry, angles, and shit. I couldn't do it. I also introduced skepticism as an essential part of scientific method. Be skeptical. I'm skeptical. Descartes, known as the father of modern philosophy, his best-known physiological statement is, I think, therefore, I am. And that makes Rene Descartes one tough son of a bitch. Are we watching something? We are watching, and I'm glad I watched this (laughs) program. It's called Painkiller. It was on Netflix. It's... um, you got a any? great overview of the problem with Oxycontin. And it gives you, in a way, it shows you the problems with the Sackler family as they try to push this drug to be an everyday painkiller rather than what it should have been for. Is you for can take people. an Oxy every day when you get up. Oh, I feel so good. Rather than, you know, it being for pain involved with the cancer or dying of cancer or just dying people were taking it for any old little backache or any little problem they could come up with and what's good is it kind of showed where you know people started seeing the problem it they didn't a lot of the characters in this except for the Sackler family themselves are made up but it does give you a timeline of how things happened I mean the state of Virginia was the first 
uh, uh, government agency that went ahead and tried to sue uh, Purdue Pharmaceuticals, Purdue Pharma, to get them to stop putting this drug in everybody's hands. You know, and that dated back to 2007. And we didn't really get rid of it until, I mean, 2019. Long and run. Long run. A lot, lot of, of money made. A lot, lot of, of people's lives fucked up. A lot of people dead. I mean, a lot of people overdosed on this shit. I'm glad I never took one. I mean, and it, it shows. It must feel good. Just this regular guy who supposedly lives in Hillsville, Virginia, who who was a mechanic and owned a, owned a garage and all this, he gets a back problem and he gets hooked on it. And it just shows the pain that he's put his family through. It was you know. a bad run for this country right. to let that shit happen. And it was just big biz making big money. That's all it was at the expense of people who, you know, didn't know any better. Anyway, it's, if you need to try and understand what happened, I mean, everybody loved Dub Sick. That was a great show for um, Hulu. But I think this is a better show because it, it, it gives you a timeline of how everything went down. There's been several docs on that thing. Right. That's how big it was. There's been several things put out there to show you how, how evil it was. I mean, people were just busting up into drugstores. I oh, mean, just yeah. busted up in and just stealing the shit. I mean, the fictional investigator that they had, who, of course, since she's in Virginia, she, they had showed her having a Virginia Tech diploma, uh, is sitting there in southwest Virginia, and she's at a pharmacy trying to talk to the pharmacist why they're taking some other pill or medic. She's first she's there for Medicaid fraud, and then she sees this guy who's like holding up this little this small town pharmacy, that's trying to get you, the pills. That's how they did it. All right, what was it on? It is on Netflix. Called? Painkiller. Painkiller. All right, after that, I need a shot. We've got to pep things up now. We've brought us down. All right, believe it or not, the shot of the week is called the Kool-Aid shot. And this Kool-Aid ain't for kids. Okay. Um, I couldn't find any history on this, but the original Kool-Aid was invented by Edwin E. Perkins in Hastings, Nebraska in 1927. How come of all the crappy commercials on, we don't have any Kool-Aid commercials? Remember the big jug or big pitcher? I remember when you used to add your own sugar to it. That's why Kool-Aid's not on the tube, because that, that joker was, it was colored sugar water. So right. I, said, well, I like the Originally, you would just get the, the flavoring, and then you would also add sugar to it. The now it's now. just a whole... Combo of sugar. We need to get some. All right, let's do the Kool-Aid shot. I'm ready. Um, it kind of looks like bourbon. All right, it's very easy. And in your shot glass, if you pour it in your shot glass, it can't get any easier. We got a third of an ounce of vodka, a third of an ounce of melon liqueur, which is? Midori. Midori. And a third of an ounce of amaretta liqueur. All right, then top it off with a little cranberry juice, and bam, you have the Kool-Aid shot. Is that what we did? Did you throw what, a little cranberry yes, juice on cranberry top? Yes, cranberry is in All the right, mix. All right, let's slam it here. Cheers, baby. All right, let's see what happens. It does look exactly like bourbon. Damn, that's pretty good. Hmm? It is pretty good. Damn, the Kool-Aid shot is on. Thank you, Kat. 
You're welcome. That's a tasty one. All right. Let's get to band of the week. This week, we were bumpered in with Whiskey Myers, formed in 2007 from Palestine, Texas. Palestine. By Cody Cannon. Cannon on vocals. John Jeffers on guitar. Cody Tate on guitar. Jeff Hogg on drums. And Tony Kent on percussion and keyboards. And kicking ass on the bass, we got Jamie Cleaves. Whiskey Myers, I was wondering, like, how the hell did they get that name? And they, the name came from a dude they knew from their hood who hung out by the river. And drank, by the river. And drank whiskey all day. Hence, Whiskey Myers. That's a good gig if you get it. Um, Whiskey Myers, they're not new to the scene. People who know, they know. I've been listening to them for a while. Songs, uh, Virginia, Dogwood, Stone, Lonely East, Texas Nights. They got so many good songs. Definitely a uh, take-no-shit Texas band. They do what they want when they want. Relentless on the road, showing everybody what a great live band they are. They come through here once in a blue moon. They came up through the uh, Red Dirt Road clubs in Texas. That ain't no easy gig. Earned their bones there. Um, Texas Texas has its own kind of set of rules for good music. Uh, I dig it. They will throw beer bottles after you. If you, you, suck, you suck. <laughs> they will let you know. I've been there. I've seen it. Today we were bumpered in with a song called The Wolf. Um... Today, right now, YouTube the live version and listen to this song called The Wolf, and you'll get it and see how great Whiskey Myers are. Check them out wherever you get your music. And thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. We will see y'all down the road. See ya. Set up there, hard earning battle, won't let from crawling and scratching.